I guess you'd notice Sunday I came in here dragging my feet, dragging my leg. And then I went up for prayer. And praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am healed. I have no more pain. No more pain. So I have to thank the Lord and praise the Lord for the healing. And I got the healing power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, most of us can say that we've been well and we've been sick, and it's better to be well. Sure is a whole lot better. Praise God. When we start, we're going to be over in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verse 15. There's a farmer, his name is Joe, and he decided that the injuries he received from an accident were serious enough to take the trucking company that owned the truck that hit him to, to court. And so he was in court and the lawyer had him up on the stand and he said to Farmer Joe, he says, didn't you say at the scene of the accident, I'm fine? And Farmer Joe answered, he says, well, I'll tell you what happened. I just loaded my favorite mule, Bessie, into the... I didn't ask for details, the lawyer interrupted. Just answer the question. Did you not say at the scene of the accident, I am fine? Well, I had just got Bessie into the trailer and I was driving down the road. The old lawyer interrupted again. He said, Judge, I'm trying to establish the fact that at the scene of the accident, Farmer Joe said, I'm fine. But at this point, he had perked the interest of the judge. And so the judge said, no, I want to hear the rest of his answer on this. Go ahead. Tell the rest of the story. He says, well, as I was saying, I just loaded Bessie, my favorite mule, into the trailer and was driving driving her down the highway when this huge semi-truck and trailer ran the stop sign, smacked my truck right into the side, and I was thrown into the ditch. Bessie, my favorite mule, was thrown into the ditch on the other side of the road. Laying there in the ditch, I could hear Bessie. She's whining and pain. A little while later, a police car came on the scene and I'm in the ditch too and I'm sore, boy, I'm hurt. I just can't really move to go over to Bessie. But the police officer, he went over to Bessie to see how she was doing. And there was a gunshot. Bessie had been too badly hurt, heard the policeman say. Couldn't, couldn't save her, had her shoot her. And the police officer then came over to me and he looked me down in the pit and he said, how you doing? He said, I'm fine. <laughs> well, we're talking today about fact or feeling. Sometimes we talk about fact or fiction, but we're talking about fact or feeling. Sometimes we get messed up on the facts by how we're feeling, how things are. Last week we looked at Isaiah 10.27. Isaiah 10.27 It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. 
or because of the anointing, depending on your translation. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The anointing was on Jesus. The Holy Spirit had come on him, and healing power was in his body, was with him. And healing power was in the bodies of those who came after him. The healing power went to them. And Peter even said, What I don't have, I can't give you, but what I do have, I do. And healing power went out from them. It comes from God, but it went out through them into those bodies, and they were healed. We looked at when people come up and ask for healing weeks before. When people come up and ask for healing, get prayed for. Many times we focus on the healing manifestation. But in the Word of God, we see that what is spoken about and what is talked about is healing power. You receive healing power. The woman with the issue of blood received healing power. Healing power flowed out from Jesus into her, took care of her need. That healing power flows into our body when we have the name of Jesus spoken over us. When we use the authority. When we have prayers made over us, hands laid on us, prayer cloths, things like that. When these things are done, Healing power comes upon us to do its work. We talk then about how you are to operate after healing power has come upon you. What do you do after that? How do you talk? How do you discuss that? Last week we looked at breaking the yoke. That sometimes we are yoked to things. Sometimes we are held on to things. Some people look at their disease as my disease. This belongs, it's like it belongs to me. We, we used the example before of being separated as with a man with his wallet. That you can separate him from that wallet, but he's still attached to it. He's still thinking about it. He's still, where is that wallet? Those are my cards. Those are, that is my license. That is my money. My notes might be in there. I might have some, some notes in there. You ladies have a purse. You might become separated from the purse, but you're still attached to the purse because the purse has a lot of things in it that are important to you. And you want to get that purse back. The anointing comes to break that yoke. We have been yoked with wrong teaching. We looked at last week. We have been yoked with some wrong beliefs. We looked at why those things were, but the anointing comes to break those things. And we have to get that yoke destroyed that binds us to that wrong teaching, to that wrong thought. Sometimes it's an experience. Sometimes it's something that we were taught that the Word of God said when the Word of God didn't really say that. But the anointing comes and can break all those yokes. It can break your your yoke to that disease or sickness that you have. You don't have to be yoked to it at all. Jesus has come to set us free from that. In your outline, we've been talking about these. I've mentioned to you the laws of healing. The laws of healing so far, the ones we've covered. Your senses may or may not be aware of the presence of the power of God to heal. Your senses may or may not be aware of the power, the presence of the power of God to heal. We looked at how Jesus sat in the meeting and read about how he was fulfilling Scripture, that the anointing of God was upon him. This today's, this the, today, this is Scripture is fulfilled in your midst, and all the people were ready to kill him. They were ready to actually took him outside. They were going to throw him over the cliff, and he walked through the midst of them. They didn't sense the anointing that was there, but Jesus had just said that that anointing was there to heal, but no one took advantage of it. We saw that the power of God was present to heal the Pharisees, the Sadducees and then that man was lowered down into the meeting and he got healed 
But the Pharisees and Sadducees, and they all didn't. They stopped drawing off of that thing, off of that anointing. Don't go by your senses. You may be in a meeting. How many have been in a meeting? And boy, you can just sense the power of God. But you've been in other meetings and you can't necessarily sense it. Don't make any difference. You cannot go on your senses. You have to go on what the Word of God says. As soon as you start going on senses, going on feeling, you will miss God and you will miss out on what God has for you. Just because it is present does not automatically translate into healing to all. Just because you're in a meeting where the power of God is present to heal doesn't mean you're going to get healed. You have to do the things that are necessary. We looked at those stories again. We saw that the presence, the power of God was present to heal them with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But when we get to the end of the meeting, all who was healed was Him. We looked at other stories where the power of God was present to heal more, but only one person got healed. Just because the power of God is present to heal doesn't mean that you will. You can. The opportunity is there. But don't sit there and go off from there like some people have done. Well, I guess it wasn't my turn. God didn't pull my name out of the hat. Healing always belongs to you. We didn't say that last week. We ought to say it this week. Healing, say it with me. Healing Healing. is for me. me. It belongs to you. It's not something you have to talk God into. Did you have to talk God into saving you? Did you have to talk God into forgiving you when you sin, when you miss it? Then you don't have to do it with healing either. It belongs to you. He has given it to you. What would it be like if your son or daughter every time at night time said, Mom and Dad, can I use the room upstairs on the left to go to sleep tonight? Would that be okay if I use the room upstairs? Well, what do you mean? That's your room. Well, I, I don't want to assume anything. I know you let me use it last night and the night before and the night before that, but I just didn't want to assume anything. Is it okay if I, if I use that? If they wake up in the morning, knock on your door and say, Mom and Dad, is it okay if I use the shower? Mom and Dad, is it okay if I go in the refrigerator and get a glass of milk? Do you do that at home when you were growing up? No, you just went in the refrigerator and got it. Why? Because these are things that are provided for you. These are things that are yours. But we come to the area of healing and now all of a sudden we got to beg, borrow, and steal. You don't need to do that. God has provided it for you. We, uh, Ethel was talking about it here this morning about having that account. You, you got things God has put to your account. It's there for you to use. He wants you to use it. When you use it, He's saying, Ah, oh, that's a good faith child. He's excited when you use it. He wants you to. He didn't go through all that to provide healing, salvation, forgiveness of sins for you not to use it. He wants you to do it. wants you to use it. Jesus died on the cross so that all could be saved. That's His desire is that all be saved, but not all are going to be saved. Not everyone has walked in that. But you can walk in the knowledge of salvation. You can walk in the knowledge of healing. You need to do it. Without, be- without belief in its presence, the healing power of God, without belief in its presence, you will not benefit from it. You must believe that it is present. If you do not believe that the healing power of God is present, you won't benefit from it. Too often we get our sights focused on the individual. Well, that individual, they have. Not this one over here. You don't get your, your focus on individuals. Get it focused on the power of God. The power shows up through word explanation, faith action, or Holy Spirit gift manifestations. It'll show up in all that. You can go out there. I was going to put in there teaching, but 
this one just seemed to be so much better. You could get together one-on-one with someone and begin to explain the Word of God as far as healing is concerned and that will stir up the anointing power of God. And people will act on it and believe it and they receive healing. Word explanation, faith action. That woman with the issue of blood, she stirred up, drawing off that healing power, that her faith action. She took action on something. When you have faith in an action, you know from the Word of God, I can do this. And you do, that faith action stirs it up. That power will show up. Or Holy Gift manifestation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just manifests in areas of gifts of healings, gift of faith. Now why in the world does God provide gifts of healings when we can do so much through the name of Jesus and through the laying on of hands? Have you ever wondered that? Why in the world, if, if nothing's too hard and Jesus just speaks the name and people who are on the verge of death get up? Why in the world do we need anything more? That surely is enough. Well, gifts of healing can break through where, where normal things just can't. That people sometimes have put up some obstacles. And there's gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit that can break through some of those obstacles. But just get rid of the obstacles you can get just about anything done. That's just a better way to do it. Healing powers administered through laying on of hands, the name of Jesus, cloths, gifts, and faith. Probably you can pull out a few more things out of the Word of God that activates it or that it's administered through. The healing process begins the moment healing power comes upon you. The healing process begins the moment healing power comes upon you. doesn't happen next week, down the road. As soon as hands are laid on you and healing power comes upon you, that starts the healing process. We used the example before. It's the best example I ever heard. That you have a wilted plant. That plant is wilted, it's drying up, and you put water in it. When does the plant start to rejuvenate? But it doesn't look like it, does it? It sometimes takes a little while. hour, two hours, three hours. But as soon as you put water on that plant, it starts its rejuvenation. Power comes upon you. Once it comes upon you, you must believe in its presence. Once it comes upon you, you must believe in its presence and that it is working in your body to drive out sickness and disease. You must believe in His presence. There are a lot of folks who get the healing power of God that comes upon their body and then they go out and begin to deny its presence in them. Well, I thought that when I was prayed over that this happened. Well, I was hoping that when I would get prayed for that this would happen. I cannot deny its presence. Don't deny its presence or that it's working in your body to drive out sickness and disease. If you stop believing, you shut down the working of the power of God. Don't stop believing. You stay on it. Now, you get a whole lot of things that come at you in the natural. How many of y'all know feelings come at you? How many folks that once you got prayed for for everything, you sometimes felt something that was contrary to what you were believing? And then what do you want to do? Believe the feeling or believe the fact? The fact is that the Word of God says healing power comes upon you. And that healing power is at work in your body. Jesus said, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's a process that's there. Don't be afraid of the process. Don't be set into the thing that a process will take 20 years. We don't find anybody in the Word of God that it took 20 years to get to heal. 
once they got prayed for. We don't find anybody in the Word of God. It took 10 years of a process to get healed once they got prayed for. We didn't find anybody in the Word of God. It took 5 years of a process once they got prayed for. Folks, we didn't find anybody. It took a year process. Really, if we get that right down to it, I don't think you can find anybody. It took longer than a day in the Word of God. But there are still some folks in there that it wasn't instant. It was a process that throughout the hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it was. But you just stay in there. I'm not telling you that's, a, that's all the longer it is, that if you wait a day that it didn't work. Don't, don't get into that. Don't be waiting on feelings. Don't shut it down. Because you can. Now these are some laws. These are laws that I've heard before. These laws can work for you or they can work against you. These laws can work for you or they can work against you. How many of y'all know gravity can work for you? Gravity can work against you. I like it better when gravity is working for me. When your feet are on the ground, gravity is working for you. When you get up on a ladder and slip, gravity is working against you. If you're flying in a plane and everything's going good, gravity is working for you. You can't fly without gravity. Y'all know that, right? Without gravity in operation, you cannot fly. But sometimes those other laws that are in operation at the time, thrust and lift, if they stop operating, then gravity starts working a little differently on your plane. And that's not so good. Laws can work for you or they can work against you. It's better to understand them and let the laws work for you. Understand the laws that govern healing and you can get healed every time you need it. Brother Hagen used to tell us that. Understand the laws of healing and you can get healed every time you need it. Well, fact or fiction? The Bible says that you will have what you say, believe, think, or do. In Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, you will have whatever you say. But a lot of times, we're out there, the way we operate, the way we walk, we think that I will have whatever it is that I think. Sometimes I just want to think inside or hope. Well, maybe this will happen. Maybe if I go up for prayer, this will happen. And I'm just thinking it on the inside. But when the woman with the issue of blood, what did it say about her? She thought, right? No, she said. If the Word of God wanted to say that she thought it, it would have said it. But it didn't say, think, thought, anything like that. It said that she said, I know if I just touch the hem of His garment, I will be made whole. She said that. You sometimes have to make statements of things. Then we get all embarrassed. Well, what if I make that statement and -and so-and-so's around? Or I don't want to make that statement in front of this person over here. Then you're not really believing, are you? Get yourself in a place where you believe. Where you say, just like that woman, I know if I do this, this is going to happen. I know if I ask for prayer and hands are laid on me, this is what's going to happen. We told you before, you need to know what, what is it that you want to have happen. Jesus constantly asked them, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want to be done? Sometimes we just come on up and say, I don't know what I need. I'm just not right. No, come on up. What is it that you need? He asked a blind man, what do you want? 
I mean, you would think it's that one would be pretty obvious. He'd just go ahead and do that one. No, he said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. Now, he didn't ask the dead guy what he wanted. But most times he asked people what they wanted. The Bible says you will have what you say. You will have what you say. So you got to say it. Now, you may say in your heart, you may, may, may think, I don't, I don't like that. Tough. You didn't write the rule book. It's just there for you to abide by. We're in the baseball season now. We've got some baseball players in church. What if a baseball player says, I don't like the rules that govern foul balls? They hit a home run and just missed the foul pole. Just missed it. And they say, I don't like that rule. I don't want to abide by it. I'm going to run the bases like I got a home run. Is that going to work? No, they didn't write the rules. You want to play the game? You got to play by the rules. These are the rules that God has put in operation to help you get over sickness and disease as it tries to take you over. You can sit there and say, I don't like them and not play. And not get the benefit of it. You know, he may not like that that foul ball was, was foul, but I'll bet he likes the paycheck he gets from baseball. That part would be pretty good. Bible says you will have what you say. Say. I know you were over there in 1 Timothy, but just turn over to Mark 11. Let's just take a look at that whole, whole verse. We, I know that you're all very familiar with it. Read it often. But never hurts to read it again. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. I was taught on this, that the saying part is mentioned three times to every one time I believe in. So the saying part would seem to be more important than even the believing part. And we know how important the believing part is. So get out there and say it. And then keep saying it. And don't say things that are contrary to it. Because you all know you can get out there, you believe in God for, pain, for this pain to go away or this thing to go, go away, and all of a sudden you start feeling it again. You start feeling that joint. You start feeling that muscle. You start feeling that headache. You start feeling that pain that begins to creep back into your body. And what do you say? Oh, I thought I was healed. I thought that had gone. I guess it hasn't. And I can speak life into that thing. I don't want to speak life into that. I want to kill it. So I told you about the bug example. When you ladies see that bug, you treat that thought the same way. You don't. If there's no husband around, no son around, no brother around, nobody else around who likes bugs or doesn't mind going up to them, and you are left alone with that bug, you are not living in that room with that bug. You are going to do something to get that bug out of there. And you go up there and you'll stomp on that bug, but you won't stomp on it one time. You won't stomp on it twice. You won't stop on it three times. Folks, you will go and bang and bang and bang. You will make that bug part of the floor. You will grind that bug in. You will make sure that nothing moves. 
You want no movement. You want no life out of that at all. And that's exactly how you got to take sickness and disease. Don't give any life to it. No life at all. Kill it. And if it tries to move again, you know you you stomped on that bug five, six, seven, ten times, and you know that bug is dead. But then when you look at it, it moves. And now it's just springing back from that terrible pounding it just took. That's all it's probably doing, just kind of springing back a little bit. But you don't wait to find out. You don't get down there to get a closer look to see, is it still alive? What do you do? Stomp on it again. And if anything moves after you stomped on it again, you'll hit it again. Because you want it done. You want it gone. Now we men, we have a different way of dealing with bugs. Sometimes we'll catch them in our hand. I usually try and catch them in my hand, throw them outside. I figure, well, if he wants to intrude them, I'll try and do that. Now, if they give me a hard time about it, I'll just kill them. But generally, I just try and catch them in my hand, throw them outside. I mean, it's, he may as well go back out to his house. He's just not coming into mine. Now, not, you, you don't want to do that, but if you know we had to kill it, I'd just hit it one time and, and that's it. But don't go after it that way. That's not how you treat sickness and disease. You don't want to capture it and throw it outside. You don't want to just kill it. You want to stomp the life out of that thing. And if you begin to feel anything in your body, you begin to say to that body, Body, get in line. I am healed. Healing power went into my body and is at work in me performing mightily. It is doing what it said it would do. And my body is healed in the name of Jesus. And you stomp on that thing. Don't give it an opportunity. Get rid of it. Don't care about who's listening. What are they going to say when they see you healed? Doing well. Not suffering from that thing anymore. Blind Bartimaeus, he didn't say it quietly. He's over there shouting. All the people are saying, Yo, hush! Quiet it down. He didn't, he didn't quiet down. He got all the louder. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus finally calls him up. What do you need? I want to see. He was loud about it. Don't be timid. Be loud. Speak to these things. Know in yourself this is going to work. This is going to happen. Sometimes people get timid with the things they say. I'm not going to get up and tell everybody I'm healed because what if it doesn't go away? Oh, you just gave an opportunity. You just spoke life into that thing. Don't speak life into it. Brother Hagin used to always tell us about people. They would hear him talking about being well and being healthy. And they'd say, Shh! He'll hear you. They'll say, Who? The devil. You don't want the devil to hear you. He says, That's specifically the one I'm saying it for. You, are you afraid of the devil? Has the devil been defeated in your life? If you truly believe the devil has been defeated, that he has no victory in your life, then why in the world are you whispering around him? I mean, taunt him. It's like, come on over here, devil. You want to try and throw some of that flu on me? It ain't going to happen. I've been around people for a long time. Different jobs that I've had in the past and sometimes just hanging out with some, some, some folks. And... Uh, they say, well, you got to be careful. So-and-so has this. The flu's going around. You might get it. 
I hope you don't get it. I, I'll speak right up to them. I won't get it. I won't get it. Now, you might be saying, well, I don't want to say that. I mean, what happens if I do? See, that's the difference between you and me. I believe I won't. You got to get to the point where you believe that's not going to come to my. I'm delivered. I'm set free from that. That's not going to happen to to me. That's not going to go on. I'm set free. That's what you got to do. If you don't get to that point where you believe that and you can speak that out, then no wonder it keeps coming by and picking on you. You always see those movies. You know they got the bully in the movie and it's always beating up on somebody. And you, you don't you find yourself just in there cheering, just you know. Talking about that little guy, punch him. I mean, just let him. Have you ever watched one of those movies and it just gets you to the point? I mean, I know they wrote it that way, but it just gets you to the point. You just want him to get in there and just, mm, just punch him. You may not even like the, that whole idea of people punching folks, but at this point, you are ready to jump on board. It's like you know what? I'm tired of that big guy picking on that little guy and taking his lunch money and doing all this stuff. Get in there and stop. You just want him to get in there and to, and to do it. And of course, they write it in. Eventually, he rises up and he, he doesn't use, oh yeah, yeah. And that totally puts the bully down and the bully doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> well, the devil's been bullying you. Making you think that you have to put up with this stuff. You don't have to put up with it. You're healed. You're saved. You're healed. You're forgiven. The same act they got you saved. they got you forgiveness. got you healing. The same act. You have no trouble believing for salvation. No trouble believing for healing. You shouldn't have any trouble believing for this either. Speak to it. Speak to that body. Jesus spoke to fig trees. You can speak to knees. You can speak to elbows. You can speak to wrists. You can speak to muscles. You can speak to backs. Whatever it is that's going on, you can speak to it. Tell it No. You're not going to be that way. You're going to operate this way. Using the example here, how how do we walk in love? Talk about walking in healing, but how do we walk in love? In John chapter 5, verse 40, 42, But I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. Well, Jesus spoke to some folks, and they don't have the love of God in them. Romans 5, 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When you got saved and received the Holy Spirit, the love of God was poured into you. The love of God was poured into you. So you can walk in love because the love of God has been poured into you when you got saved. If you have a hard time loving somebody, don't raise your hand on this, but how many would say that in your family, around neighborhood, ever at work, there's people that you have a hard time loving? Brother Hagen used to always tell us, he said, just get saved. You have an easier time. Because when you get saved, the love of God is poured out in you. And you can love them according to the love of God. But that's how, we, that's how we walk in love. We walk in love because the love of God has been poured into our heart. Now, are you going to walk in love if you keep going on around? I hate that one. You know that? I hate them. I hate them. And we keep mulling over the stuff that they've done. Are you going to walk in love towards that person? No, you're not. 
Because what are you stirring up? What are you giving life to? Anger, frustration, bitterness, envy, jealousy, whatever else. You're not going to walk in love as long as you keep walk, focusing on those things. You've got to focus on something different. If you're going to walk in love, you've got to keep going. Father God, I thank You. The love of God has been poured out in my heart and I can love that person. They don't deserve love, but it don't matter. I love because of the love that's in me. I'm not going to hate them. I'm not going to resent them. I'm going to walk in love towards that person. And that's how you do it. You keep focusing on those things. How do we walk in forgiveness? Jesus forgave you. And He says, now you go out there and do the same thing. How do we walk in forgiveness? Have people wronged you? The more you focus on that wrong that they did, the harder it is to walk in forgiveness, isn't it? Because I'm, well, they did this. Oh, and they did this. Oh, and they, you know what else they did to me? And they said this. Oh. And the more we focus on that, doesn't that stir up wrong feelings? Isn't it harder to walk in forgiveness towards that person? What are we, what are we supposed to focus on? What God forgave us of. Father God, I thank you for the forgiveness you've extended to me. Man, I was a sinner. I was born into sin. But you forgave me anyway. Just last, just yesterday. I missed it. And you forgave me. You didn't even hold that over my head the times I did it before. You just forgave me. So I'm going to keep all that in mind and I'm just going to walk in forgiveness here. This person asked me to forgive him. I'm going to forgive him. And it's going to be done. I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm going to forgive the way that you told me to forgive. And we walk in forgiveness that way. There's no problem. But if I keep focusing on the wrong things, if I keep going out there and focusing on what they did, how much they don't deserve it, it's harder for me to walk in forgiveness, isn't it? How about understanding the revelation? How many of you have had parts in the Word of God you didn't understand? And as long as you walk around saying, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't think I ever will. Are you going to? No. But as long as you walk around and say, Father God, I thank You that the Holy Spirit has been given to me and He is the revealer of truths. That the Holy Spirit speaks to me, tells me things. He gives me revelation. I thank You, Father, for the great Teacher, the Holy Spirit, who rises up on the inside of me and this thing that I see in the Word of God that I don't understand, I thank You for the understanding I'll get. For the knowledge that You give me. For the revelation that You speak into me for this. Thank You for it. Even other situations that aren't in the Word, not necessarily a Scripture, just the situation you face, then you say, I don't know how to, de- how to handle this situation at work. I don't know how to handle this person or to do this thing. I don't know what to do with that. So you go to the Holy Spirit, the Teacher, and He'll help you out with that. The Word of God says in James, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to each one liberally. God will give it to you. But if you go around and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't understand it. I don't know how that's going to change. I don't know how I can how I can cause any kind of change in that. It's just going to perplex me. I'll never understand it. If you keep going out speaking these things, talking this way, what's going to happen? You're not going to walk in anything more. We know that about these things. We know that about these areas. When we come into healing, we think all of a sudden that I can talk negatively about it and I should walk in healing. No. You gotta talk the same way. You've been praying for that knee, for that ankle, that elbow, headache, muscle ache, backache, whatever it is, praying for it. Father God, this thing needs to go. First off, if you're asking God for it, you're in error. 
Quit asking God for something He already gave you. How many of you did your homework last week? Go ahead and done it. Went through the Word of God. Did you find any time where Jesus or the disciples said, Father God, please heal this person? How come we pray that way then? Father God, please heal me. Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> I'm trying to get on the compassion side of God. Quit it! If Jesus didn't pray that way, then we shouldn't be praying that way either. Just get out there and speak to that thing. Father God, You are provided. You already gave me this. You already laid this to my account. It's already mine. You already gave it. To, I don't have to ask You to give me what You already gave me. You gave it to me already. You speak to the thing. Now, how many folks got saved more than a year ago? More than five years ago? More than ten years ago? Oh, good. We've got some long-timers here. All right. You've been saved for a long time, walking in salvation all that. How many... How long over those 5, 10, 15, 20 years, however long it's been, how many of you have run into times when you became guilty? Where you just thought, you know what? I am such a sinner. I mean, I don't deserve this. Why does why has God saved me? Surely there's got to be more to it. And you just feel unworthy. You talk yourself right out of being saved, couldn't you? You talk yourself right out of being healed. Become unworthy to be healed. There's no place in the Word of God where anyone became worthy to be healed. No place. God never qualified anybody. What did you do to yesterday? Well, that'll disqualify you. So tomorrow when you come, make sure you don't do that again. He didn't do that. So quit trying to disqualify it. This is something that's been provided for you. There are some things in the Word of God that you qualify for. But healing is not one of them. It's been provided for you. It's there. It's yours. You didn't get good enough to get saved, did you? You didn't get good enough to get forgiven. You're not going to get good enough to get healed. It has nothing to do with you being good enough. It's yours. It's provided for you. Go ahead and do it. I think one of the neatest things to take out of the story of the prodigal son is even though that this son had evil intentions, the father still gave him all that belonged to him. Didn't sit there and say, no, what are you going to do with it? If I don't like what you're going to do with it, I'm not going to get... Didn't do any of that. Gave them all that belonged to them. Yeah, we'll keep disqualifying ourselves. Quit doing that. You don't need to. How many of you ever heard this, this saying? Keep the switch of faith on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Yeah, Brother David Ingalls even wrote a song about it. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Well, how do we do that? Well, when Brother Hagin was teaching on this, he told us two things. Two things to keep this fact. I just went over it again. Just the story of when he first said it. When he first said it, it came up out of his spirit. He was praying over a person who had uh, something wrong with their feet, club feet or something like that. A, a parents brought up a little baby. Had terribly deformed feet. And... He went over and he laid his hands. They were holding the child. He laid his hands on the child's feet. And he, in the, in the name of Jesus, now nothing happened while he was there. Nothing happened. And he told the people, he says, this might help you. But he said, the anointing that is on me now is stronger 
than it was when it was on this person. I think it was a blind person he had prayed for before. And they got healed right there. But he said, the anointing that is on me now is stronger than the anointing that was on me then. If that helps you out at all. But he said, out of his spirit came this statement. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Now, if you were to ask most people in the street, how do you keep the... Well, not most people in the street around here. Most people don't even know what the switch is. But if you asked some people who knew about the switch, and you said, how do you keep the switch of faith turned on? Most of them say, well, I just... I just believe. Believe what? Well, I just keep believing. Believe in what? I mean, if we're going to keep the switch on, we've got to make sure we know what it is, the switch is. It's good to have on switches and off switches. But if you don't know where they are, they can get kind of frustrating. Did you ever get over to somebody's house and they had some contraption you needed to turn on and you couldn't find the on switch? you got to get it on and keep it on. How do we do that? First off, believe the power is in you. These are the things he instructed when that came up. Believe the power is in you. When hands were laid on you, when the name of Jesus was spoken over you, believe the power is in you. I received power in my body. Healing power in my body when prayers were made for me. When the name of Jesus was spoken over me. When hands were laid on me. Whatever it was. Believe the power is in you. Secondly, believe the power is working mightily. So the two things he instructed. Believe the power is in you. And believe the power is working mightily. The story went on about those that mom and dad that they took the child home and the feet were still the same. And they kept saying, every time the thought would come in, nothing happened. Nothing's going to change. Nothing happened before. Nothing, it's, it's always going to be that way. They said, healing power is in His body and it is working mightily to fix those feet. Correct that. That's wrong. Every time that thought came up, they kept that. See, I kept the switch on. They kept the switch on. You got to keep that switch going. You got to keep that that going. Don't disempower it. Don't take the power out of that thing. You got to keep it going. If you don't keep it going, anything in your life that is worthwhile, anything in your life that you want to focus on, that you want to do, you have to keep at the forefront. How many of you have those those things you keep on the refrigerator? Or someplace that you see it all the time because if you keep it in front of you, you keep focusing on it. You keep going over it. You keep hearing it. As soon as you stop hearing it, as soon as you stop talking about it, what happens? You forget it. You're not going after it as much. You got to keep it in front of you. You got to keep going. Don't, don't, don't lay it aside. You want that thing? You take that thing. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Believe the power is in you. Not that the power was in you. Not that the power will be in you. But believe that the power is in you. Believe the power is working mightily. Not that the power was working mightily. Not that the power will be working mightily. Big difference in that. The power of God is in me and it is working mightily. And that's it. Factor feeling, folks. What are you going to go with? I don't feel healed yet. 
Fact or feeling? Where are you going to go? I'm going to go with the facts of the Word of God. I'd rather go with the facts of the Word of God. You, there may be some times there's some struggle. There's some things that will come up. That's alright. Stay with it. Keep speaking it. Don't speak doubt and unbelief. Don't get into a place where you're talking yourself out of the thing. You, if you're believing, no more headaches. Then don't say, oh, I hope I don't get a headache tonight because I really want to go somewhere. No. Don't be making plans. Back up plans. Well, I'll do this unless I get a headache. Have you ever done backup plans because of something that keeps coming against you? Back, you ever have backup plans? Come on. Y'all have, you have all thought of backup plans? Well, just in case I'm not healed, just in case it comes back, I'll do this. How many of you packed aspirin? Oh, got that one, didn't we? I don't have a headache now, but I might get one. <laughs> right? I'm not telling you not to take aspirin. All right, I'm not telling you not to take any medications. Or, or we will get into that aspect of it. Some of you folks have been emailing me things or sending me stuff, and I appreciate those questions. And it helps. Sometimes you know you take a a series like that last series we did. I intended that one to be a medium-sized series. It didn't end up being a medium-sized series, but sometimes you all ask some questions and get in some things, and sometimes it just explodes, and and we just go with the flow. That's all right. We, as long as you have questions on it, we want to make sure we get them all answered. The Word of God is where we have the answer. And we'll look into medications. Don't throw all your medications away. And I'm not telling you that if you take an aspirin for a headache that you miss God. Alright? We'll tell you where they fit and how they can, how they can go. And you can, you can work with... You know, if you have a diabetic, don't be telling them to put away their insulin. That isn't good. So medications, we'll, we'll get into them. Just not get into them today. Don't go out here thinking, well, I've got to throw away all my medication. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making plans, backup plans. What happens if it don't work? What happens if something goes wrong on the, on the thing? You see, you're, left the, you're open at the door. You're speaking life into that, that thing. Don't speak life into it. The devil's just trying to get that opportunity. It's not God reminding you to bring aspirin along just in case you get a headache. And the way they keep building drugstores around here, if you absolutely needed one, you could find one. I mean, every corner they're tearing down stuff, building a new drugstore. How they support all those drugstores, I don't know. But boy, they, they sure have them going on. No, just stay in that area of faith. Don't, don't, go, don't go making backup plans. I told you the story years ago about my foot. For a while, it was daily pain. Long. Why well, not talking about months or years? Daily Daily pain. Excruciating pain. Pain in which I would walk with my toes curled up. Every day. All the time. Stopped running. Couldn't do, couldn't do any of that. God showed me some things to do. Gave me the story of it before. And anyway, started doing some things. Got back into running. Sometimes I still feel something in there. You know what i got to do? Healing power. Is it working my body? And it's working mightily. But I don't come up with backup plans. When I go for a run, folks, I don't run around the block. I go out. I go out for as far as I want to go, and I come back. And I don't sit there and say, well, what happens if something happens when I'm so many miles away from home? I don't make backup plans. I go. 
Don't make up backup plans. Don't have fail-safes all the time for that thing. Walk free of it. It'll help you out. Help me out. As long as I wasn't making backup plans and stuff, it sure helps, helps out a lot. But how do you deal with a person who struggles with the knowledge that God forgave them? What do you do? If you run into a believer and they're, well, I'm not sure that God forgave me. What do you do? Well, hopefully, I'm going to pray for you. Maybe one day you'll feel forgiven. Is that what you do? No. You say, come on. The Word of God says that you are forgiven. You've got to walk that way. What do you do with a person who's struggling in the area of wisdom? I don't know what I'm going to do in that situation. Well, the Word of God said, that's what you got to do. Encourage them that way. What do you do with somebody who's struggling in the area of walking in love? Well, I know it's tough to love that person. They're just obnoxious. But you give it your best shot. No, you tell them the love of God has been poured out in your heart. You love them from what's on the inside of you. That's all. Help them out with that. And we never did get into 1 Timothy 4.15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Meditate on these things. The things that you meditate on, folks, steer you. If you, still, if you meditate on things that see you as yoked to your disease, your sickness, or your trouble, if you meditate on things that stick you in that area, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. If you meditate on the negative things, where's your progress going to be? Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Don't go halfway. I like it. I, I interpret it this way. Don't have a backup plan. Don't be getting a backup plan. How many of you feeling ill in the morning, but you have to get into work? Well, I'll go into work. And if I don't feel better, I'll do this. Ever done that? That's a backup plan. Quit it. You're giving life to the thing you're trying to kill. Just get up there and say, you know what? I'm not going to make it back. I'm going to work and I'll come home whatever time you come home. 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock. I'm going to work and I'll come home then. I'm not going to have a backup plan. Don't have a backup plan. Get in there and do the thing. Now, you, you people always want backup plans. And they don't like it when you don't have one. And there's some things that maybe it's okay to have a backup plan for. But not when you're believing God to come through. When I went to college, a lot of our kids are flying out to colleges here now. When I went to college, I had a guidance counselor in high school. It was in a public high school. I had a guidance counselor. Sat down with the guidance counselor. We were trying to figure out where I was going to go to college, what I was going to do. And I visited the one college my uncle had gone to. I didn't really like it. Didn't really, you know, I felt old when I went out there, but after I came out from there, I just felt in my spirit more attached to it. And then God was telling me to go there. And so I put an application to this college, and my guidance counselor said, Now, that's good that you have a college that you want to go to, and as long as everything works, that's where you'll, you'll go, but it's a good idea to have another uh, backup plan and have an application to a few other places. 
and they were trying to get me to put an application into a few more schools. I said, no. I'm a senior in high school. Who am I? But I said, no. What do you mean, no? I mean, because I didn't have an acceptance letter from, from Kingship. I says, no, that's where I'm going to school. Well, they may not accept you because understand I was not the greatest student in college. C's, some B's. Every once in a while, I'd find one that I applied myself to and get an A in it. Most times, it's just barely get along, do as little as you can, go out there and play as much football and hockey as you, <laughs> as you can until I got into my... Until I turned 16, then I was working and then trying to fit in some hockey and football and stuff like that. But I was not too much into school. Didn't really enjoy it a whole lot. And uh, so, you know, my grades weren't of such that I was definitely in. So, I, But I said, no, that's it. I knew my spirit. That's where I was going to go. I got accepted. Now, I never got nervous about it. Some people around me got nervous about it. But I didn't get nervous about it. I was never nervous one, one time. Never thought one time, you know what, I ought to do that. Now, if you apply to two or three colleges, that's fine. I'm not telling you not to. You may not have gotten the same thing in your spirit that I got in mine. I got something in my spirit that said, that's where you're going to go to school. So, I stuck with that. If you didn't get that about a college, then you shouldn't do it. But I got that. Now, I didn't get that on everything in life. But I got it then. I got it when I went down to, to, to Ramah. I applied, uh, applied late, but I knew I was going. Sure enough, applied late, but I got in. Got in, got the acceptance letter just in time to get a plane ticket out and fly out. I mean, it was close. When I got on down there into, into the, the school area, you all know I worked at Ken's Pizza, and I had a, had a routine. I've told you the story before. I had a routine. I was going to go here, 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 and here and put job applications in. Walked into Ken's Pizza first, put the job application in, walked out, walked in on my way over to the second place I was going to put an application in. Down in my spirit says, why bother? That's where you're going to work. So I said, okay. Turned around and went home. Didn't put the second, third, or fourth application in. Went back, talked to the manager, let him know he was supposed to hire me. <laughs> not quite in those, those terms he wasn't in still didn't have a job went back again found him in got hired on the spot and worked there until I left now see I, I don't do that with everything there are some things that I don't have that direction on and then you have other ways that you can go but if you have the direction from God says that's the way you're going to go don't have a backup plan have faith and confidence in it and this is the thing you don't need a backup plan folks you are healed. You've been saved. Do you have a backup plan in case heaven doesn't work? I mean, in case it doesn't work out, do you have a backup plan for heaven? Do you have a backup plan in case the blood of Jesus really isn't enough? Is there a backup plan in place there? Then why do you have a backup plan for healing? You don't need one. The things that have been provided for us, folks, you don't need a backup plan on. Put this in your your outline. When you think, what you think on sets your direction. What you think on sets your direction. What you say sets your reception. What you think on sets your direction. But what you say sets your reception. You can think all you want. If I just touch his clothes, that won't set up your reception. It may set your direction, 
but not your reception. But get it out of your mouth. Speak that thing. Sets up your reception. What you give up is lost by deception. What you give up is lost by deception. If you give up healing in your body, it's because you've been deceived into something. You don't need to. You don't need to be deceived. There were two fishermen. They were met on vacation. And they began to swap fish stories. One guy, he got up there and he said, pulled out this piece of tackle in his box. And he said, with this piece of tackle, with this lure, I caught a 300-pound fish. 300-pound fish. He said, that's, buddy, that is a big fish. He pulled out a piece of tackle from his box. And he said, with this piece of tackle, I was fishing in a lake and I pulled up an old lantern. There's a tag on the lantern that dated the lantern back to 1912. He said, that wasn't the fascinating part. The fascinating part was this lantern was watertight because the lamp was still lit. So the one guy told the first story, thought for a little bit. He says, tell you what, I'll take off 200 pounds off my fish if you put the light out in your story. (laughs) Don't buy into the devil's fish stories. He's trying to sell you on some things. Make you think healing isn't yours. That you've got to carry around certain things. That you were born with certain diseases. Born with certain things that are just wrong with you. And they will always be wrong with you all of your days. Don't do it. Don't buy his fish stories. Because that's all they are. What you lose, what you give up, you will lose by deception. The devil will deceive you into thinking, that's not yours. That's not the way that you get it. But it is. Don't buy the fish stories. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You have provided healing for us. That there is nothing in this world we cannot be healed from. You are our healer. And You are the great healer. There is nothing that can get get by You. Thank You, Father, for Your Word that enlightens us. And we walk such a way as to be enlightened. Give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus we pray.